Uh, we're going to go to Psalm 121 today. You can open up your Bibles to Psalm 121. We're going through the book of Psalms, and the series is called A Song for Every Season because these are Old Testament hymns that help us process all that's going on in our lives. And let me ask you a question. Do you need help in life? Do you need help making sense of it all, making through all the hazards of this life? Do you ever feel like you are slowly navigating all of the obstacles of hardship and you feel like a weary traveler and you've got a long way before you get to where you want to be in life. Do you feel that way? Do you feel, do you sometimes think that this life is perilous and you really need help every day? Well, Psalm 121 is one of the most famous lines in the Psalms. It starts out by saying this, I lift up my eyes to the hills from where does my help come from? This is a psalm for people who need help. If you don't need help, if your life is perfect, if all of your relationships are in order, if you've made all the money you've ever needed, you can go home. If you have no problems and God doesn't have to come through for you in any way, hey, this psalm isn't for you. But I have a feeling that if you're honest, you need a lot of help. You need a lot of help managing yourself and the world around you. And when it comes to eternity, oh, how you need him. So I love that this psalm is for people who need help. It's called a song of a sense. Imagine if as a country, all of the Americans just grabbed our tents and started hiking east to DC through the Appalachians where we would then celebrate a week long religious festival. Can you even imagine? Can you imagine the travel woes? Costco would be out of everything because we're all getting ready to go. And then, oh, the bickering on the way. Well, listen, Israel did this like four times a year. They had these religious festivals. So when they were on their way through the hill country in particular, uh, they would have these songs that they would sing to keep their eyes on God, to keep morale up, and to remind themselves that God is there with them. That's why this is called a song of ascents. And so it's for on the way. It's a song for on the way. For God's protection. The psalmist expands the thought out, though, and, and, and reflects on how this life is really us walking our path to eternity. And so wherever you are in life, it's time to ask the question, where does my help come from? And what makes me secure in this perilous life on my way to paradise? Let's pray, and then we'll find out together. Father, we thank you that you promise us help in Scripture. Thank you, Lord, that you are with us no matter what we go through. We pray that through your word you would open our eyes to see your love and your promises, your mercy today. Use this ancient song to touch our hearts again. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, well, it says in Psalm 121, I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Let's start out by writing this down in our notes. Number one, where does my help come from? And if you got uh, notes, you can go ahead and write that down. Where does my help come from? He lifts his eyes up to the hills, hill country, looking around. And mountains or hills in the Bible have a double meaning. Often they are a place of danger. They are a place of darkness. They are a place where bandits hide out. 
looking to get you. And, uh, but yet, mountains and hills can also be a place where God shows up. Looking and raising your eyes up to the top of the mountains, that's where God is. He's in the heavens. So there's this double meaning here, and the psalmist is locating himself in that place where he looks up, he feels afraid, he's in danger, and he sees God like a mountain. And so this makes us think about travel woes. Imagine traveling somewhere and you're having problems on foot. It's not safe. Remember back in this day, there was no TSA. There was no Department of Homeland Security. There was no FAA, right? Imagine you're just walking. You're just going and, and you're going on a long journey. And it makes you think of the nature danger that can happen when you are facing the outdoors. Lauren and I, with her family, went camping up in Michigan this summer, and there was supposed to be some inclement weather. Well, we tried to, get this, put together a canopy tent, all of us at once, while the storm was rolling in, huge mistake. Because about halfway through this easy setup tent thing, the lightning started going off all around us, then it started downpouring, the wind picked up, and we were all holding this, basically this like parachute that was about to send us soaring into the sky. So we worked real fast, we got really wet, we were really afraid, and we were like, why are we doing this? When you're outside, you are exposed to the dangers of nature. And then there's also animals, there's insects. We've got many stories. A raccoon broke into our tent one night. There's a raccoon in our tent several years ago. One time we got through a camping trip, we thought we were okay, and then Lauren was cleaning up and she screamed. <laughs> she screamed. Then she ran out of the tent holding the broom and she just pointed to her leg where there was a giant praying mantis attacking her, <laughs> hanging onto her shorts. It's a good thing I was there because I don't know how it would have ended if I wasn't. I saved her from that attack. You're outside, there's danger, you're traveling, that's what's going on in this psalm. And it's supposed to mirror life. Life is like an outdoor journey where we're exposed to the elements on our way. And it's going to take us a while to get there. So the question is this, where does my help come from? The question you have to ask is this, where does your help come from? It says here, my help comes from the Lord. Whenever you see the word Lord in all of those caps there, that means the Lord, God's covenant name. God revealed his name to Moses, right? I'm, I'm Yahweh, I'm the I am. It means he is sovereign over all. My help comes from the Lord. One of the ways we know Jesus is 100% God and not just a really good guy is he would take the names of God on himself. And Jesus is called Lord in the Bible. In fact, he was talking to religious rulers in his day and, they, and he said to them this, he said, before Abraham was born, I am. He took God's name tag and slapped it on himself. They picked up stones to kill him for blasphemy. Jesus is Lord. Hey, do you have Jesus as Lord in your life? Where does your help come from? If you have Jesus as Lord, then you have the sovereign ruler of the universe uh, at your side, watching over you, seated on the throne in heaven. My help comes from the Lord. It's important to understand that once Jesus is your Lord, he places you in the body of Christ. He unifies you to all other Christians, and therefore the Holy Spirit becomes your helper. Yes, God is, has providence and he watches over you in nature, but there's also angels that watch over you. But the primary way God helps believers in this life is through a spirit-filled church family. 
And do you have those relationships? If Jesus is your Lord, do you meet together with other Christians? Do you have a church family you're connected to? Listen, that's where your help comes from. Because Jesus has his hands and his feet all throughout his church waiting to help you. If you feel alone, if you feel disconnected, if you feel exposed and overheated and dehydrated, maybe you need a church family. Where has God been when I'm going through this problem? Maybe you need a family around you. So this is how we invite God's help. It's from the Lord and through the church that he established. Then it says this, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Write this down, from the maker of heaven and earth. My help comes from the maker of heaven and earth. We have great confidence because we have a great creator. The psalmist here leaps from the hills suddenly up to the heavens and beyond. He's talking about the maker of those hills. And he's talking about the creator of the heavens and the earth. So God, because God made everything you fear, he can manage it all for your good. He is your creator and your help comes from him. I like to read up on philosophy and science and history, and I remember reading about how in the 1700s, it dawned upon the best thinkers of that time that Copernicus was actually correct, and Aristotle was wrong. The earth was not sitting safely in a stationary manner in the middle of the universe with everything else raging out of control around us. No, no. We and everything else in creation and in the skies above was, was moving around at such an incredible rate, and they realized that the whole universe sprang into motion. Because of that, it's terrifying. We are basically like ants on a billiard table with all of these celestial orbs careening out of control around us. They learned what we must learn. God is the only stable thing in this universe. Nothing else stands still. Nothing else is stable and reliable. Therefore, your help should only come from the Creator. Nothing else in creation can help you. Only the Maker of it all can help you. Hey, number one, where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, from the Maker of heaven and earth. Therefore, number two, write this down, trust Him. Trust Him to watch over you. And now we have several different subpoints here of why and how He helps us. Reading on, it says this. It says in verse 3, He will not let your foot be moved. We can trust him to watch over us because he who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. We're trusting God to watch over us here. Notice that there was a voice in the beginning. I lift up my eyes to the hills, right? But now another voice is introduced. He, verse 3, will not let your foot be moved. So who's talking here? Well, it could be the psalmist talking to himself, some sort of an internal dialogue. I need help. He will help you. And we do that, don't we? We have to reassure ourselves of the truths that we find in Scripture. He's kind of described here as a bit of a solitary pilgrim wanderer. Usually they travel in packs. So if he is talking to himself, maybe he missed his bus. We don't know. But he's got problems if he's alone and he knows it. But maybe there is a community, certainly there would be hundreds if not thousands of people who would sing this song together on their way to Jerusalem, they would travel together. And so you could almost hear it if it was written this way, that one person would kind of, you know, start it off with this, with this verse of confusion and, and, and danger, and then everyone else would sing after that, right? It's almost a call and answer. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. This psalm is reminding us to trust God to watch over you. 
when you feel like you're a traveler through rugged, solitary hills, when you feel like you maybe missed your bus, whatever it is, when you need to be reassured, listen, God is watching over you. Now, I, was, I like that thought of being watched over. I was actually in charge earlier this week of watching over our puppy, Cosmo. He likes to get in trouble out in the yard. He likes to dig. And so he dug and came to the back door, and he was in mud all the way up to, like, his body. And so we were like, oh, boy, here we go. We went outside and filled a rubber made with water, and uh, one bath would not do. We washed each one of his paws off, and then Lauren said, I'll go in the house and get some fresh water. I was supposed to watch the dog. Well, I moved him over to the side, and while I was emptying out the rubber made with the filthy water, guess what he did? He ran right back out into the mud. And we're, we're planting a new lawn in a big part of our yard, and so there's plenty of mud out there. He runs right up to the edge of it, and I turn around and I said, you better not. And he takes three more steps and looks at me, and I said, you better not. And then he starts trotting and hopping and bouncing and putting his face in the mud. And I'm running out there to stop him. I'm trying to scold him. I said, Cosmo Koala, you come back. This is middle name. You come back here right now. And then he turns on the afterburners and he, he gets the zoomies, we call it. He starts running full speed through the mud, kicking up mud everywhere. Now I'm just looking at him. What can I do? And just when I thought it couldn't get any worse, he found a dead bird and picked that up in his mouth mid-stride. Now he's running around the mud with a dead bird in his mouth. I'm in big trouble because I was watching him. So Lauren comes out like, what happened? And then we had to give him a bath again and brush his teeth. How gross is that? I love that thought because the idea of God watching over me kind of reminds me of that. Like God's going to do a great job watching over me and I'm really going to get in a lot of messes, right? God is going to watch over you. He's going to watch over you. And I love that thought. He will watch over us. Jot this down. He will not let you stumble. He will not let you stumble. It says he will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. So he, he will not let you stumble. And um, that thought of stumbling, we've all tripped, we've all fallen, we've all slidden, right? I, when we were at Lake Tahoe several years ago on a vacation, they had these big boulders out in the lake. And if you were careful, you could climb out there and jump off the boulders into the lake. Well, we wanted to do that. So the kids were younger and, and we walked out there. Lauren stayed on shore and took the video. And it was scary because these boulders were kind of big and you could go into the deeper part of the lake. And we were, I was in charge of holding the three cell phones, right? Mine and the girls and, and my Crocs. And the boulders were, were really slippery. So we were walking, and they were right behind me, and there was kind of a little jump I had to make from one boulder to the next. And I jumped, and it was slippery, and I started sliding into the lake with three cell phones and two Crocs in my hands. And I was like, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, and I stopped. And I was like, that was a close one. And then Cassie jumped right after it and started leaning on my back. And I was like, ah, we are going in. And somehow I stopped and propped myself up, but I almost slipped all the way into the lake with a lot of expensive stuff and two really good crocs. And that would have been something else. That idea of feeling like you don't have good footing, like I could really go down here, like I've got to watch every step or every word I say or whatever, that, that's what this psalmist is feeling like. You can imagine them climbing through these rocky places and boy, if they lose their footing, they could go down for a, a long fall. God will not let you stumble. I like that thought. The footing of the pilgrims on the way to Jerusalem represents the stability God will give you when you follow his paths. He watches your every step. 
It's important to understand that this is not true for people who don't have the Lord as their help. In fact, the Bible says that if you are not saved by Jesus Christ and you are not born again, God actually watches you not to help you, but because his wrath is upon you. And you actually can't get away with even one thing. It gets into the book and it's all being stored up and his judgment is coming. He's watching you because you're condemned. But boy, how he wants to save you. He wants to become the one who helps you. And the idea that we as Christians, God is watching every step. That's the only way we can find reassurance in this dangerous life, right? Uh, the thought of God watching my foot is a really humbling thought. I mean, let's face it, feet are gross. Would you agree? Feet are gross, and camp feet are even grosser. If you've been camping, camp feet are the grossest feet. God is watching your filthy traveling feet to make sure that you get where he's leading you. When I was planting the grass seed and I rented a tiller and got all the crabgrass out of this open field to give Cosmo his mud party, uh, after a long day of that, I you know, went inside, showered, and then I realized that despite the shower, my feet were still filthy. I mean, outdoor feet are gross. God will not let you stumble. He's watching your feet. Of course, Jesus showed such love to wash his disciples' feet. Even Judas got a foot wash. Wow, how amazingly kind and close is our almighty creator. He's watching every step. Trust him. Trust him to watch over you. He will not let you stumble. Jot this down. He will not slumber or sleep. It says, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. He'll neither slumber nor sleep. Maybe you felt a little groggy. Maybe you've fallen asleep at the wheel momentarily and then woken up, what happened? God never sleeps at the wheel of the entire world. Boy, if, if he took his hand off the wheel for a moment, we'd all be vaporized. But God is faithfully watching over you and he doesn't tire. He doesn't sleep. He provides a constant watch over you through his angels, through the Holy Spirit, through Jesus, our high priest, and through your loving church family, he's watching over you uh, with an untiring watch. This doesn't just mean he's watching like a lifeguard. It's more active than that. He's like a sentry. Uh, I like the Avengers movies, and in one movie, Tony Stark made it into this heavily fortified base, and then he had to start snooping around it. So he hopped out of his Iron Man suit, and then he said, sentry mode. And his suit just came alive and started watching over him and patrolling around. I like that. Sentry mode. And hey, get this. Your sentry is better than Iron Man's suit. Your sentry is God himself. God himself is watching over you. Praise God for that. Trust him to watch over you. He will not let you stumble. He will not slumber or sleep. Write this down. Day and night he will care for you. Day and night he will care for you. So it goes on in verse 5 to say this. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. So this idea of the sun and the moon, the day and the night. Day and night he will care for you. And it says that when it, the sun, now in the desert region, the sun wasn't just unpleasant. Now I know a lot of you have umbrellas out there. That's, that helps, right? Sunscreen helps. 
Uh, we're not talking about the kind of sun that we are enduring today. We're talking about like you're in the middle of the wilderness, and if you didn't pack right, if you run out of water, we're, it's fatal out there. The sun can strike you down if you're stranded. Well, Lauren and I went to the Grand Canyon a few times. We were at the top. We're like, let's go in. And there were signs all over warning us, do not try and hike all the way down and back up in a day. And then they had these pictures on the signs of pretty much people dying of dehydration on the signs. There were skull and crossbones warnings because why? Because you can't go even a day. Try, or sometimes people try and cross the canyon floor and come up the north rim. That's a big no-no. So the idea that the sun can hurt us is really serious. It's life or death. And so God is called here our shade. The Lord is your shade. I like that. I like that. You probably would like a little more shade right now, wouldn't you? In fact, I am enjoying shade. I can probably stay up here a lot longer than you can stay out there because I'm in the shade. God is our shade. And because this describes life, it means that God will give you relief from the scorching forces of life. It's a broad promise of shading you from the true intensity of the pain of this life. There's hundreds of ways he can do it, but he will be your shade. And then it says the moon, the moon won't harm you by night. Well, what's so damaging about the moon? Well, they were really superstitious back then and they were taught in Egypt that there were gods in the sun and the moon, right? So the moon was not only scary because it was earthly, but because it was a spiritual force of danger and it was dark out. The idea of the sun and the moon coming together, an opposite is a creative way to describe everything in between. So sun up to sundown. He's protecting you, constantly protecting you from all kinds of danger all day long, day and night. He will care for you. Wow, that is a great promise. Then it goes on to say this, the Lord will keep your life, verse 7, from all evil. He will keep your life. Jot this down, he'll deliver you from evil. He'll deliver you from evil. This word means a personal evil. So there's a bad person who wants to do you harm. Maybe bandits on the way, directed toward you. In life in general, it could represent the malice of someone you know or the random acts of someone you don't. So God will deliver you from evil. We're supposed to pray that, right? Deliver us from evil, and he will. It's important that I state the obvious here. God never, ever promises you a pain-free life. So this psalm is not guaranteeing you that you won't run into hardship, pain, disaster, or evil. In fact, the Bible promises you pain. It also promises that God has a plan for your pain, but he will deliver you from all of the evil that threatens you, either in this life or in the next life. The Bible describes this as a paradox. In the book of Revelation, Jesus tells one of his churches, some of you are going to be killed for your faith this week this week, right? They had to endure for like seven days. He didn't stop that. But then in Luke 21, 18, it says, not a hair of your head will perish. That's a paradox. We will be hit with the forces of evil, but God will deliver us through it all. No matter the evil, he will deliver you. So prepare to face hardship and attack and harassment until the end and let God be your helper. One pastor talked about how this life is going to be hard. 
And he said this, The hellhounds will yelp savagely at the heels of a man who has awakened to his sin. Though they cannot reach him, these infernal things will pursue him up to the very gates of heaven and leave the bloody slaver of their horrid jaws upon the golden bars. Hey, you're going to be pursued to the very end. Where does your help come from? Call out to God when you feel like you're being attacked. And jot this down. He will guard you forever. He will guard you forever. He will, he will not let you stumble. He will not slumber or sleep. It says that day and night he will care for you. He will deliver you from evil and he will guard you forever. It says the Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. He will guard you forever. The going out and the coming in means the sum total of all of your days of life. Going out, all the way to Jerusalem, going back, coming all the way back home. God's never-ending faithfulness to you is reassured. Psalm 23, of course, told us, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Hey, we are on our way to heaven. And God is watching every step you take to deliver you there safely. Hey, this is great news. Too often people today think heaven is going to be boring. Uh, no. Earth, earth is lame, everyone. Earth is lame. Heaven is permanent joy. And that's where we're going. And he is watching over us on our way there. Maybe you feel vulnerable, unsettled, on slippery ground, like you're baking in the sun, and this life is agonizing. Hey, maybe it's time to look up to the hills and to see where your help comes from. Do you realize that God promises to lead you safely all the way? No matter what happens in this life, he will be watching over your every step. Maybe you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord, but where does your help come from? Today can be the day that you decide my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. I want to give you a chance to respond to this message by inviting Jesus to be your Lord and Savior today. So let's go to the Lord in prayer right now and respond to what we've heard. Let's pray together. Father, we lift our eyes up. Where does our help come from? Our help comes from the Lord. I know there are some people here who have been living this life without Jesus as Savior and Lord. They've been going it alone. And today is the day that you're getting their attention. Today is the day that you show them that you want to be their Savior. You want to be their Lord, but they've just continued to walk away from you. Lord, in their own hearts right now, they can pray this. They can say, Jesus save me. Be my Lord. Jesus, I believe you came into this world and died on the cross and rose again. And now you are seated at the right hand of the Most High. All authority has been given to you. So I trust you to keep watch over me. Save me, O Lord. I pray that you would give those who have cried out to you today reassurance that you will never leave them you will never forsake them. You will work everything together for good for those who love you. And for the rest of us who have known you for a while, we need you, Jesus. We need your help. We need you every hour. And we pray that as we bring our problems and our troubles and our pain to you, that you would meet us there and respond. Be our help. 
and remind us that you never sleep, you never slumber, you never grow weary, you are watching over us now and forever. Forever! So we give you all the glory and we praise and worship you today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.